What's up, everybody? It's me. It's your guy, the fleece wearing Easy E. I am back again. Thanks for tuning in to Stick and Rink. Before we get started, I wanted to give a big shout out to DraftKings, our sponsor right now. Uh, awesome app. I've enjoyed diving back into this. I've been doing it almost every day for the past two weeks. And I've come out with some money. I've come out with some tickets leading some bigger tournaments, a lot of different avenues. And I've had a ton of fun doing it. Now, one of the things it does for me is it may, it gives sports a whole different meaning of watching. And especially during COVID, which you'll hear me rant about in this episode, is it just gives you something new to try, something different. Now, when I was growing up, my mom and dad were a big fan of the lottery. It seems like they were addicted to the lottery. They had their lucky numbers and stuff. For me, this is just a different, fun way to enjoy putting a dollar or two down once in a while, sometimes doing five, and just being able to explore different sports in a fun, different way. Now, this upcoming weekend, we got a UFC event. Got Alistair Overeem back in the ring. Uh, one of the cool things DraftKings does is it sets you up with contests where you can just pick randomly six different fighters with a salary cap and pile up points based on their performance, or you can use super in-depth knowledge and stats and try your hand at, at being the analytics guy and using that approach. It's, it's, it's actually a super awesome way to take individual sports like golf, tennis, and UFC and do a DraftKings or a draft fantasy kind of style and give your own spin on it, give your own knowledge and your own approach. I mean, I did a golf one this week. And I threw some random names in there, and somehow I got the winner on there. I don't know how I did that, but, you know, good things happen to good people. I believe in that. But DraftKings gives away millions of dollars in prizes every single day, and it's just an awesome app with so much variety to it. So please download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit, eligibility restrictions supply. See DraftKings.com for details. Oh, harder, baby. Are you starting? I'm ready. Uh, What's up, everybody? I'm back. I'm cutting them off. I'm still here. It's what seems like day 2000 of the pandemic. Um, I fucking hate life right now because I can't see my friends. If I do, it's against the law, but I know you guys are on the same boat, so I'm not going to be too much of a bitch about it, but I heard that stick and rink is still cranking out episodes like Josh cranks out every night. So um, welcome back to the greatest hour of your life and even longer. I'm Elijah. And what's up? I got my buddy Raph and Josh here as well. Two of my favorite people in the world. Fellas, how you doing? Hi, my name is Raph, and I'm being held captive in Elijah's basement. If anybody hears this, please send help. <laughs> you didn't I'm even good, thanks for asking, but Elijah. It, I, thought, it, I, thought, <laughs> I thought you'd never ask how I was doing. I'm doing great today. Um, I, <laughs> you know, just chilling. I didn't take a nap, so I'm kind of still wired from all the caffeine I've had all day. But besides that, we're we're good to go. Fuck yeah, my yeah, buddy Josh. How, how are you, sir? Uh you guys are a bunch of fucking tools. I'll tell you. <laughs> you didn't want to play along with the bit, <laughs> dude. On, dude. I, dude. <laughs> Josh, Josh, we need to do this now, dude. I, I hope that's not too loud for <laughs> listeners, dude. When Raffle talks, he gets the he gets the like the the radio <laughs> buzzing of the feedback. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Oh god, I hate that. Oh, Stop. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. No, it's just when I move the microphone. Dude, I don't have I don't have the mic. I have it right here, but I can't lean into my phone. Otherwise, you guys will just see my mouth just Dude. like cranking out 
like seductive words into your what do you, ear. Josh, do you, you gotta think, yell at the mic? Do you think that maybe you have trouble being vulnerable sometimes? Me? Josh, do you think you are vulnerable yeah. sometimes? I am vulnerable sometimes. I'm hella sensitive. I think you guys know that. No sometimes yeah. stub all the time. <laughs> and to answer your other question, Elijah, am I afraid to be vulnerable? No, I'm actually not afraid to be vulnerable. I can be all the time. I'm like nice. a sad little animal on the Discovery Channel while YouTube fucking lions just chase after me. <laughs> Hey, you do look like you got a nice bit of meat on the bones. I've been trying to chase you for a while. Um, welcome to the episode, everybody. This is episode 18 of Stick and Ring Podcast, the season two. Uh, we are, like I said, well into what feels like thousands of days of this pandemic. And uh, restrictions fucked me up again. That's okay. We're just doing it indefinitely now. We're not even going to give a, an end date. It's there's no need because I, I think that's actually the best play because I'm getting my my hopes up way too much and I'm doing that thing where I look forward to a day and it's almost like when your teacher's like like maybe you guys do something well and she's like yeah you guys are gonna get a pizza party and you like all you're like okay what fucking day is it gonna be don't just give me empty promises and then she gives you a day and she cancels it anyways just a glimpse into what kind of elementary school experience I had but well, that's what it feels like that's tough. I feel like I feel like with covid like everyone's like everyone thinks for some reason that like the announcement that comes like once a month is gonna be like a levitating experience i'm like guys i'm like shit hasn't changed i'm like the numbers are still the same people are still morons like we're not going anywhere like i don't know what people are expecting right now like i i've just come to terms that like this is just the way that life is it fucking sucks but it is what it is. Do you, maybe I can ask you this, Josh, though. Do you enjoy when they cancel your pizza party? <laughs> it actually kind of pisses me off. I'm not going to yeah. lie. <laughs> kind of rattles your cage a little bit, right? Just a little. Like, <laughs> it just seems like someone just keeps fucking speed bagging me like once a month. Just like, yeah, just feed me my lunch. Just like that. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and Bonnie Henry is the is the epitome of a great like a awesome teacher that just like does one or two things to jade you still in the year like even those years where you had a good teacher like they would still like keep you in line a little bit but you'd think they're like your their favorite and then all of a sudden they're like no fuck you like you're yeah, just another old average show down yeah she and she fucks your pizza line. party she has a line don't fucking cross it oh man well okay so either way this is like i said episode 18 we've got a huge interview today we should mention that at the top of the episode we've got james sabalski coming on um huge catch for us i'd say this is one of our biggest interviews so far um one of mine and josh's i would say i'm gonna go ahead and say idols just growing up just because maybe we didn't know it at the time but his voice was so ingrained in my my monday to friday life on the score updates oh, yeah. every single time on channel 54 so like fuck me up. That was an idol for me. That was a great interview. Gave a lot of insight. A lot of just a lot of fun stories. He's a fun guy. So even if you don't know James Sabalski, get ready because you're gonna and you're gonna enjoy it. So we're gonna do that later on. But we got some other stuff to get to first, guys. Um, what has happened today? Well, Valentine's Day is coming up. Um, I want to ask you guys what you're doing, but I know you're both working. But. Um. No, well, we lied. Me and Raph are actually going out for a nice romantic dinner, just the two of us. Yeah, um, going you didn't for get pizza the because you know. Yeah, you didn't going get out for pizza. You're already hitched. Uh, yeah, we're expressing Raph, our love for each other. 
Raph, this is what, three years around the sun? No girlfriend for you and I? Let's go. How are you? Yeah, give or take. Yeah, we're doing great so far. (laughs) We like to call that the old hat trick. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe like the way you guys feel around Valentine's Day, like you guys don't feel any stress whatsoever, huh? No. No no expectations, no like dreary kind of uh, like deadline coming up. I think Josh can... I think Josh can agree with me on this. It's just another day and work is a little bit busier. Yeah. That's yeah, all it is. To me, Would you guys like another Sorry, day on the calendar? That's yeah, all seriously. Is. Yeah. Now being the two stiff meisters that you guys are, do you look at it as kind of an opportunity where you're like, Oh yeah, love is on the ladies minds. Now it's time to go after it. Maybe not now, maybe like four years ago. Yeah. I feel like we're just like, we're getting older and we don't really give a shit anymore. Did you guys, um, you guys were in like grade like six or seven, like even I would say even like grade three, four, five, you guys would have to write a Valentine's (laughs) Day card for every class. And that that was your moment to essentially slide into the metaphorical DM at at, at, and like your grade six crushes, like mailbox. Yeah. Like from your secret admirer. And then you put like the, the first name or like the first letter of your name and they'd have to guess, but it always sucked. Cause like if they went to like somebody else and the guy's like, Oh yeah. And they like take your girl and you're like, that kind of sucks. <laughs> that <laughs> plan really backfired on you. You yeah. could always tell who is wait, like who the cute girls in the class were. Cause they would just have like a giant fucking stack of those cards. Oh yeah. dude. And each one would have a Ridiculous. chocolate on it too. And somehow they wouldn't become fatties. I don't know. How yeah. That yeah. Yeah. Happen. yeah it's- but- <laughs> whatever just Can't goes to show all. dude hot girls run the world even in grade five <laughs> it is everything's just a giant fucking popularity <laughs> little, little did we know like back in the day that was like the modern day influencer like they were a grade five influencer they are looking around and everyone's like shit that girl got a blue check mark i'm gonna give her a fucking winnie the pooh valentine's and you pick your best ones too do you remember like yeah getting the pack your best valentine's day card. yeah You'd get a pack and each there'd be like different kinds and you'd start splitting them up and you'd delegate them. You're like, yeah, these are for the people I don't care about. Whatever. Lame, lame. Yeah. And then you'd like make sure your writing was good on the on the ones you needed it to be. Yeah. And it was a clutch day, Valentine's Day. Yeah. (laughs) But here we are. Um, So I've sorry. Go ahead. Elijah, you already asked us what me and Raph are doing. So nice romantic Mm -hmm. dinner for two. Uh, What are you doing? So. Me and the lady, uh, we are a great team, and we came up with a pretty awesome plan. We're gonna, we are looking at this company called, uh, I think it's called Honest Camper. We're gonna rent. Well, I, like I shouldn't jinx it because we haven't done this yet. We haven't put through to payment, but the plan is to rent like a Westphalia camper off from them and drive that up to like Pemberton area. Nice. And we're gonna go Pemberton and hopefully like spend one night there and then spend one night somewhere else and do like. Uh, yeah, just like pretty much camp in a van, do the van life for a couple of days. Dude, With a Westphalia camper or a Westphalia camper? I think it's West Westphalia, isn't it? It's Westphalia. It's Westphalia. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Are you sure? Hundred percent. Oh, I, I, just, just, I just looked it out. <laughs> Mother fricker. Well, my, my other question is: is on a scale of one to ten, <laughs> like. Three Cialis spells. That's how much I take for Valentine's Day. Every time. I don't know why I can't spit this question out, but scale of one to ten, like how much of you or how 
how much of you holy fuck josh why can't i talk (laughs) (laughs) what would you rate yourself in terms of romance scale of one to ten like a negative three i would say (laughs) that like nowadays i'm probably a six i think when i started out i probably like every other guy i think i started out real hot like i was i was on the ball i was innovative i was creative i had surprises like what did you do like what were some valentine's I, I, was, gifts? I was a big surprise guy like i i think my my gifts were always you well they were usually like uh experiences like we would i would surprise her with like picnics or something like that like use use other companies to supplement my my date ideas um, okay. As the years have gone, I've gotten complacent, and my con- like if I keep this up, my performance is not good. I will not be getting a good new contract. But I think the way things are <laughs> trending, I-, I have more potential than a six. I think in my heydays, I'm an I'm a I'm a ten out of ten in my heydays. I'm good. I, I was gonna say, I'm like I feel like you're actually a very romantic person. Yeah, like I've I think one of my favorite things to do is. is use word. Like I, I love writing cards. I, I don't want to say I love writing cards. I think I'm good at writing cards. Or just like notes and stuff like that, but I've gotten away from that. So I think I'm just going to start painting the walls. I'm going to write a big note on all the walls, and then that's that. <laughs> that's a just, sick idea. Do you just give? Do you just give the old lady like some nasty like Fifty Shades Valentine's Day cards and shit? Oh, yeah. and spit some fire like Eminem, like on the bus <laughs> in Eight Mile. So instead of writing raps, you're just writing just like romantic thoughts. That's pretty sick. Yeah, I, I give her like three different random gifts from the store it's like mustard marshmallows <laughs> and like i don't know like what was that sugar. That you had when you were in that christian christian thing again it was pickled and mustard camp. and whatever youth camp pickles mustard and bananas that's what she fucked me again. right up well <laughs> yeah was, if i want her to hate hate me and milkshakes for the rest of my rest of her life then that's probably a good way to do it there you go okay let's reel let's reel this back in for a second so I did want to mention, I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on something. Now, I did something earlier today, and I don't know if I wronged the world at all. Um, so I used to get in trouble for shaving my beard in the washroom because I usually let it grow out quite a bit, and then I'll cut almost all of it off, like almost go clean shaven. So there's a lot of hair that goes everywhere, and I would do my best to clean it up, but I always get in trouble for leaving like strand hairs everywhere. So what I do now is I put like a pillowcase over the sink to like let it catch all of it, and then after I'm done... I usually just go throw it out the window. Now today there was a lot of hair. <laughs> and so I went down the window and when I threw the pillowcase out there, I could see about four or five wads of hair that got carried away by the wind. And I just like, like I know personally, I never see hair on the streets. So I don't know if that's, if that like, if you see someone chucking hair out the window, are you kind of miffed? Like, are you a bit like, what the fuck? Dude, I would think Probably. that would be like, either like brush your dog or your cat yeah or or you're just fucking weird like who does yeah that? like, like why I would you just go throw it in the trash or something like that the trash yeah. was full the trash was full and stinky so why didn't you just change the trash and then put it in wait, the fresh trash bag wait no, Raph, was too Raph, late that's out of the question they switched house duties remember that's right right, right 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 okay wait qu- <laughs> oh but he's also now he's also now in charge of cleaning the bathroom isn't he Mm. so that's why i didn't want to get the bathroom dirty so my question for you is why didn't you just like where, when you used to shave would you used to shave it into the sink i don't or into like, like the toilet things. Or, like, i know so i would mix it i would do it sometimes in the gar- little garbage in the bathroom sometimes i would do the sink sometimes i would do the, the toilet like everywhere and then i thought of this genius idea i was like dude look it catches all of it throw it out the window it's done 
But this oh, was my first. This was my first big shave doing that, and then I threw out hairballs out the window. <laughs> What's the difference between throwing it out the window and throwing it into the toilet and flushing it? I don't know. I feel like it's going to clog in the toilet one day, like with a bunch of hair, and I'm just not down with that. <laughs> I feel like it will. Like it's just, it's just like the shower, isn't it? Right? I mean, not really. I, feel, like, I, don't, think, I don't think so. I, I'm not like if you if you told me there's a five percent chance of it happening, I'm not willing to chance like a bunch of shit going down there and then coming up with shit and hair. Like I'm just see if you can do it. Not down with it. All right, that's fair. Can yeah. you clog a toilet? Either way, I'd love to hear people's thoughts on this. Tell me if I'm wrong for just throwing hairballs out the window. Yeah, I mean, I, I would feel really awkward or, like, bad if I did that and, like, some random person was walking down the street and, like, all of a sudden, yeah. like, they get, like, a full hairball in their face. Yeah, like, like I was... It's I like did a not look. tumbleweeds just flying in the wind. Yeah, and they were, like, big balls. Like, at first glance, I could see if you believe that they were pubes or not. They were not pubes, but, like, I could see where your mind would go to that spot if you got Easy. hit with a ball of hair. Yeah, so that would suck. It's like you just like shaved the cat or something. It's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anytime you get hit in the face with hair, you're like the you're, it's not usually a pleasant thought this that come to your mind first. Okay, no, so settling. Apparently hair can clog a toilet, but it it needs you need like a decent amount of hair. So I'm assuming trimming your beard won't isn't considered a decent amount of hair. I think it's more of like shaving your head kind of hair. I would okay. yeah, I would say like it's more so like the length. Like if yeah. you have like little like beard hairs, like I would say anything under like two inches is easily fine in the toilet. Easily. The the length that was described on the quick page that I read said dent the length of dental floss and tampon strings. So I don't know what the <laughs> what the frame of reference is there, but I'm t- taking it's relatively long. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we don't watch dead. Big Mouth. I think we have a general idea of how long a tampon string is, but tampon, <laughs> tampon. <laughs> yeah, I think we have a, a general idea. Of what string like. Do you do you remember that movie, Josh? With the Millers? Yeah, she's talking about a tampon. She's like, she's like, and she's like, and then I found out that a shell of vagina was just sticking out of there like a little Roman candle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, time to ring it in again. Um, okay, we're going to move on. We've got, we're a Canucks podcast. We are a hockey podcast. Warning. We're from Tampins to hockey. Tampin. <laughs> Tampin into hockey now. We, now what we have to do right now is quite sad because really Canucks land is in a dangerous place right now. It's, it is a war zone. It is, it is a full blown war zone. Everyone is armed. It's, the purge, but in a sports fan base where it's not that any crime goes, it's that any opinion is you can, yeah, it's valid, but it's also like grounds to get you murdered for. Because if you, if you don't, if you come across a person that disagrees with you, boy is each side passionate. And right now there's reason to be like, right now this looks like <laughs> there is so many analogies out there, man. This is the worst Canucks team for a four, eight game stretch that we've ever seen ever. It's it's so bad. Like I don't know if you've gotten a chance to watch the games, Josh, but from puck drop to the the last whistle, we have been dominated by the Leafs and by the the Canadians as well. Yeah, um, I mean, holy fuck! It's I I love how. We were like just last week. We we're talking about shit kicking Ottawa. Now I know how Ottawa fans felt. Like it is not a good feeling to just get worked up and down the ice. There's not like nothing's right right now. Not one thing. Goaltending sucks. 
defense sucks. Offense is meh. And, like, there's not one... You know, this is when we need Disco Stew on to find some silver lining here. And, and Elijah, you and I have always said we are optimistic guys. We are passionate guys. We're not, and we're not irrational with our takes, but Jesus Christ, like what, like, what do we do here? Like, when's the deadline? Like how, like what's wrong? Like, I think it's like, I don't even know where to start. Like if I'm Jim Benning or Travis Green, I'm, I'm like, boys, like, I think the Canucks just have to flat out just play better. I agree. I think I think Kevin Bieksa put it put it best during his intermission talk and he said that it's everything's wrong. Like you're trying everyone's trying to figure out what's wrong and the, there's no wrong answer. Everything is wrong with this team right now. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way to look at that side of it. Now, the way in which people get divided and if people choose their sides on is how do you fix it? That's really that's really the obviously that's the job of the fans is to figure out how to fix your hockey team instead of just cheer for them. But in re- like when when I think about it, how how do you fix this team? I I think I have my own opinions on on patience and on kind of every and the large the large scale picture of things and how everything comes out in the wash. But what what do, what do you guys think? Are you? It's obviously a fifty six is a short game season or sorry a short season. Like there's not much time to do anything. But if so, what do you think they should do here? I mean, I think this is kind of the nature of the beast with the schedule. Like I, and I truly believe that like when you get smoked by like, let's just say we were in a regular season. Okay. We lose one to Montreal and let's just take the worst score that we had there. Tyler to fully dumps on us. Okay. Whatever. Then we play the next night. We're in Toronto. They dump on us seven, three. Okay. Yes. The last two losses have been bad, but what if we're going to like Buffalo next? Or what if we're going to, you know, Arizona and like, we just shit kick them. Like, I, I think the issue is, is it, it's like, if you're losing to this team handedly in like game one, it's, it's hard to, to not kind of like come back and win the next night. Like that's hard because like, they've clearly gotten you figured out. You you're getting worked. Like, it's the same team the next night. Like nothing changed in that sense. Right. Like, so it's like, if yeah. you lose two, you're like, it's just like the Stanley cup finals. Like it's, it's hard to just come back from that. Like it just yeah. seems like every single series we have is just a, a best of three, best of four quick two game, whatever it is. And when you're playing on back to back nights and we're seeing these teams so many times too. So like, have we played everyone? In the north, I think we have now. Yeah, we played. I would say we've played everyone. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it was we've gotten beaten by Calgary. We won one against Winnipeg. We smoked Ottawa. We've gotten worked by Montreal. Like right now, like it's not good. Like it's not good. Yeah. in Vanland, Raf, uh, just being kind of like an overall fan of any kind of sport, and and maybe just an overall fan of anything when it's not working in the short term or what, what kind of fi- approach are you a fan of? Are you a change or immediate? Are you an immediate change kind of guy or a preach, preach patience kind of guy? Uh, normally I'm kind of like a patience guy. So that like being like, just thinking that everything will work itself out after time. But like, I feel like we've given it enough time to see if it'll work out or not. Like we can clearly see that we're doing well against a team like Ottawa. So we are doing some things right. 
But then when we're playing against teams, like you guys said, Montreal, Toronto, it's like even these doubleheader games, like we saw us not play well in doubleheader games when we were in the playoffs last year. You know, it's just like, we need to start looking for where our problems are occurring, no matter how small or large they are, and just like slowly start hacking away at them. Like, hey, Mm -hmm. if it doesn't work out and we see like the next half of the season or next quarter of the season go the exact same way as it's going, it's like, do we maybe just want to cut our losses right there and then just at least try and go for a better draft pick or... Yeah, yeah. It's, an move, interesting, right? it's an interesting spot we're put in right now because it's it's a ton of games into the season so far. I think we're like 14 games in or something like that. Yeah. Maybe more. Um, oh, six and nine. We're 15 games in right now. And just yeah. so everyone knows, the record is six and nine for the Canucks. Nice. So we kind of got them right where we wanted them. <laughs> <laughs> got them right by the balls. There you um, go. I think that there's there's obviously multiple ways this can end. I think there's two that I'm giving enough air to, enough oxygen to. And the first one I'll bring up is just the fact that, you know, this is a very weird, weird season and it's short and all that stuff. When you really look at the season as a whole, ups and downs, man, like like you can say that the Canucks have lost nine games and that's and the way they've lost nine games is the end of their year. They suck. They need to everything needs to happen right now. Well, in the end of it, it doesn't matter how you lose. It's it's the fact that you've lost nine games. You've won mm-hmm. six. That that's the only stat that the NHL counts. Like in the end of things, the only thing they take into consideration is how many wins and losses do you have? Yeah, and it doesn't yeah. matter the doesn't matter the how the nature of those wins or losses. Exactly. So if we if we come back, if we have a four game series against Calgary and we win three out of four games, or even if we win two out of two games, and maybe we get a, a, a single point in one of the other games, anything like that, the fact of the matter is. We've made progress. We've made just yeah. as much progress as if we played amazing in those nine losses. So the fact for, for me, where it all, where it all, where everything comes down to settle and where, and where the, the actual logic is made is that this team has proven to be good. Like the core group is talented. I'm sold on it. I'm the fact the Pedersen Hughes combination and all the supporting cast around those guys. I am fully sold that this team can grow into a Stanley cup winner. I think that obviously the the supporting cast, the low low guys, might be they might change over time. As of now, what this team showed me last year is they have the ability to win and work together. Now, it's the first bit of big adversity, so I see where the doubt comes in because this is not only the first bit of adversity, but this is in large part some of the like we said the worst hockey we've seen anyone play. So, what I would bring it back to though is the fact that I trust this group. And why they, for me, they earned the right to have a full season to fuck up by what they did in the playoffs last year. So if that's what they do with it, sure. But that's the way I see it. I mean, the, the one analogy or comparison that I would kind of relate this to in my personal life is you're on a golf course and it's, (laughs) you're, you're trying to, you're, it almost seems like you're practicing, like you're just trying to fix stuff while you're playing. And it's like, you can't do that. Like that's what the driving range is for. That's what practice is for is to try and fix things. Like I don't go out there, try and have a good round and fix my swing. Like I don't try a bunch of shit on the golf course. And that's what it seems like they're doing. It just seems like they just, they're just like, they're just, playing and they're just trying to do too much or too little and just like they're trying to shake so many things up and 
like they're just trying to do it on like back to back nights. And that's where I say like the schedule has that impact. Like you don't have the luxury that you would in a regular 82 game season. Like it's just too condensed. It's too time consuming. There's so much travel and even just like, and, and again, like not saying that obviously COVID is stupid, but you think like how much time is taken away from practice to like do COVID tests and to isolate and do all this mm-hmm. shit. Like it's just, it's not there. And, and, Elijah, I think you said this a couple episodes ago, um, where the team bonding part, like that's not, like you're not allowed to do that, yeah. you know? Like fuck, like Kuznetsov, Orlov, and Ovechkin all got fucking fined on, in Washington for that. Like, so it's like, how are you supposed to build, especially with the Canucks team that I would say has a pretty new look from last year? How are these yeah. new guys supposed to like fit in with one another, and they can't even hang out like? that's got to be some sort of intangible. It's obviously not the full reason why they're losing, but it's definitely a factor. Yeah, I could, I couldn't agree more. I think it's, it's a very young team at the core. And this is the first, this is the first year for this core group to be the leaders. Like in this year, it's, it's pretty much on Pedersen, Horvat and, and Hughes and these guys and all these younger mm-hmm. guys to not only be the best players, but also be the leaders on the team. And so like them getting shit pumped like this, and not having any of the normal resources that a team has to have a team, like as dumb as it sounds for, for the people that don't play sports are there or the people that don't haven't been in this atmosphere before. I, I even haven't, obviously none of us have been in a professional hockey inf- environment, but as you've heard, a big part of the team is just like, it's the dinners. It's the going out after a game for a drink. It's, it's, it's literally the team stuff it, there's offsite off ice stuff. And, and right now they are just, they're robots, dude. They go hotel rink bed, hotel rink bed. Like that's all it is. And they're not even hanging out at the hotel. So yeah. I could just see how this spirals really easily for a young team, but I think they've earned the chance. I mean, um, the last thing I'll say, at least for me, and this kind of works because we live in Vancouver, like when it, when it rains, it fucking pours for the Canucks, man. Like, yeah. holy shit. Like, like normally, like, I know like last season as well, like when there were some good losses, like I know like Elijah, you and I podcasted last season um, and, you know, we lose in overtime or we lose a two, one game. And it's like, that is not happening, happening this year. It's literally when we lose, we are getting shit pumped and it's not even a fucking contest. Like it's not even close. So and that's kind of the, that's kind of the other side of this as well is that it's not even like, Hey guys, like, you know, we lost by a goal, but you know, we had, you know, we hit three posts, the power play was buzzing, but you know, the goalie just had a really good game, but we can't even say that right now because they're not close games. They are fucking blowouts. Yeah. And, and I think on the other side of that, you could even argue like Vancouver hasn't really won like a close game either like where it was like down to the wire like it seems like yeah we're either shit kicking teams or we're getting shit kicked and there's nothing in, in the middle so it's like how do you expect to have any sort of balance in your game when you don't even know how to win a close game or how to lose a close game for that matter yeah. it's like there's no it's just so opposite yeah it's a, it's yeah. a crazy time in Canucks land. And, and if you didn't really understand what sticker ring is all about that 20 minutes right there, that's what it's about. It's about going through the worst times and giving zero stats about it. It's just the intangibles for us around here. That's yeah. all we give a shit about. No if you think that stats are the reason or that's, what's going to fix it. Fuck you. It's all <laughs> about the intangibles around and, here. That's, and you're that's what life nerd. is. 
Yeah. <laughs> like guys give fucking wedgies when we run yeah. nerds. If analytics are the way of the future, then how come you haven't used them in your own job? That's my question. Okay. Just a thought. Anyways, huge <laughs> interview coming up. Let's throw it over to Mr. James Sabalski. We'll come back after that. We're going to time. That's where, I, guess, I guess we're time traveling because we're going to throw it back over to a week ago. And then we're going to come back to the current day, Sunday, the 7th. Hot tub time machine, baby. Love that. Here we go. All right, everyone. I'm super excited for this one. We've got a big interview on tap right now. We've got one of the most gifted voices in sports. He's He's been blessed not only with the voice, though. He's been blessed with the face. So he's pretty much the sports version of Chris Harrison. That's meant to be a compliment, James. We've got James Sabolski on the show. Thanks for joining us. How you doing, James? What do you think? Keep the twist or no twist? What do you think? I think you got to go with the twist. I think it all depends yeah, what your plans are for the night. You got <laughs> well, to make sure the perception's it, okay. It's, it's, yes, exactly. Uh, it's funny you say that because Valentine's what a couple of weeks away, and it's evening, yeah. and uh, my better half hates it. She just thinks it's the worst. Like, <laughs> Brenda just like she is, and she's a neuroscientist, and you know, but but she's also from Williams Lake, right? So she's got like she's super big brain, but she's also got a little bit of country in her, and she's still like does not like. <laughs> I think she feels like I've watched too many episodes of Yellowstone lately. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. But I put it out there on Instagram, like on a poll question, keep the twists or not. And overwhelmingly, the people have spoken and I'm going to, I'm going to roll with the mustache wax on the side. For now. I, I feel like I've never met, like, even with all my friends, like, I feel like I've never met a girl that has really liked their boyfriend's like mustache or like their significant other's mustache you know what i mean like i feel like it's just so hard to convince them that it's so amazing and it's like it, can't be tamed no it, it takes well i will say this like i i have learned over time that if you're going to roll with facial hair you really have to work on it to maintain it right because mm-hmm. Like my kids, um, feel specifically they, targeted everybody, with they complain how scratchy it is, right? So first yeah. off, like, you know, Harry, give me a kiss before he goes, go, oh, you're too scratchy. You're too scratchy. And, and, <laughs> and, like, you know, and then you have like you know, maybe a weekend and it's like the kids are all in bed. It's like, hey, babe, come on in. It's like, oh, you're too prickly and scratchy. It's like a buzzkill, right? But it's like, but I look sexy. Come on. And, yeah. You know, so now I, you know, it's funny, like my stocking for Christmas, like it was definitely a lot of uh you know like oils and moisturizers and there you go you know in the early days i don't know about like the early days when i first tried to grow uh, a beard or a mustache or something not realizing that you really kind of have to shampoo and condition it like it gets Mm -hmm. you get beard dandruff right you find out the hard way one day you're kind of scratching in a store you look down (laughs) like oh it's snowing on my shoulder (laughs) this is terrible like i look like a barnyard animal right now so that's amazing yeah and yeah, that's crazy. I would say this kind of tails in for my first question here. Um, I wanted to get in kind of your media history a little bit, and I was going to save this question for after we got a little bit of history, but I'm just going to lead with it. What's up with the what's up with TV and not liking facial hair on average? Like when I look at it's almost always clean shaven. You know, that's a good question. I feel like it was kind of an unwritten rule for a long time that you couldn't. Um, I remember. I'm going to say about 10 years ago 
and I was uh, working on Sports Center. I was kind of mostly anchoring in those days at the time. And I had some time off, and I had grown a pretty good duster. And I, and I, <laughs> I, clean and I was like, you know, I'm going to try to pull this off. And I remember sending a picture. I still had like a Blackberry. It tells you how long ago it was. But yeah. I took a picture, sent it to the boss, asked, hey, could I, um, you know, is it okay? Rock could this. I roll this? Or I get back from holidays. And it was just a very absolutely no fucking way. And it was <laughs> <laughs> but I hope you had a good holiday, you know, and, uh, yeah. and yeah, I, I don't know. I, you know, Movember's become a thing over mm-hmm. the last 10 years. So I always took part in that. Um, I still try to do it. I, I try not to do a fundraising page. I just try to do it more for the awareness now. And totally, if it helps, uh, I feel, you know, and, and just personally speaking, I just feel that, you know, there's people are asking, you know, there's so many areas that people, ask and want to use money i think it's a very good cause movember i just and i want to support it but i would you know just rather do it physically than than ask for from a financial standpoint but um but yeah i think there's a little more of an acceptance now and i think it also depends on who you are but i feel you know you look at most anchors um you know guys are all pretty clean shaven nowadays Yeah. yeah and you know i always man like Oh, to not have to shave. Like I loved weekends when they would roll around and like, I'm not shaving. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or I'd always have some sort of like, hey, let's what do you say for the playoffs? We'll do playoff beards on TV. And I yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So well, radio radio certainly led for the like, okay, like I just don't want to care today. I didn't just say, you know, messy hair. Yeah, know. there you go. <laughs> You're hundred percent yourself, James. That's what that's what we appreciate. That, yeah, yeah, that's what we really like. I'm a yeah. Dude, right? <laughs> yeah. I, and, and I feel like I look at like Elliot Friedman in the playoffs this year, like that guy's beard was, oh, it looked man. like he had birds growing out of that thing. It was, like, it was like a bird's nest. And, and honestly, <laughs> I look at Friedman, like, I mean, Fried and I go back to working at the score or Redline Sports in the, in the late nineties. Oh, yeah. But yeah. To me, like Fridge is better looking with a beard. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Did you like, tell I mean, him that? Here's the other thing: as we get older, you know, I kind of get that double chin. You know, and I'm like, I'm, I'm the formation of like the turkey neck is starting to form on me, and yeah. like I don't know, like at some point, I'll probably have to go full blown beard, and, especially at the holidays, right? You know, you put on five ten pounds. Like the age of the beard here in the last what five six years. Yeah. It improved the look for a lot of dudes out there, right? Where yeah. you know, if you're a clean mm-hmm. cut, doughy dude, and now all of a sudden you got a beard, it's like, oh man, you got a badass there, you know? Or, yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It, it, I think yeah. the beard has helped a lot of people. Yeah. Love that. Um, okay, so I want to get into so obviously you were at TSN from 2006 to 2013, is that correct? Yeah. So again, didn't really like at that point, I really wasn't watching like a whole lot of sports television in the morning. It wasn't more until it was when you were paired up with Carolyn Cameron on Sportsnet Connected. Mm -hmm. And I I feel like looking at that, like you guys provided such like a fresh duo on TV. Like I actually like I was living in Calgary at the time and I look forward to getting up, watching you to like, what was the relationship like there? Like, I feel like you guys just had unreal chemistry. 
It was fun. It was a lot of fun. It was, you know what it was? I would say it was probably very much like a brother and sister sort of relationship. Yeah. Um, like we were, we were very comfortable and at ease. And I had first met Carolyn. It was funny because they were talking about trying to come up with a female co-host. Um, and they had auditioned a, a couple of different le- women at the time. And I had, uh, and, and you know what, they just, they didn't work. And I had flown mm-hmm. in one weekend um, to the Toronto studios to, to try to screen test with one woman and, um, and it didn't click. But while I was kind of writing my scripts for that particular evening, I was sitting next to Carolyn and, and we hadn't really met before. And, you know, we got talking and I had watched her a few times and I thought, you know, it's good. And, um, and anyway, we talked and then, you know, a day or two went by and I, one of our executives had kind of said, yeah, you know, we didn't like the audition. I don't think, I think we're going to go in a different direction. I remember just saying like, what about Carolyn? And they say, yeah, we're thinking about her. I mean, she's, she's pretty, she's pretty young. She's pretty green, but you know, we might give it a try. And they flew her out a couple of weeks later. And I think we, we did maybe a 10 minute screen test and we were done. And it was like, okay, wait, like, this is it. She's the one. And yeah, I was, I was the, you know, Carolyn was 23 at the time and I was 38 and that's she, crazy. Yeah. And, and I hope it was the first time I kind of had a moment in my life or, you know, in this business where I went, Oh my God, I'm getting old, you know, just for men here on the side. And, you know, you know, oh, first time feeling old. And, and, um, I mean, she's such an old soul as it is. And, you know, I'm relatively immature. So I think we kind of bridged the gap pretty well. Yeah. Somehow fun. 38 and 23 became 28 together. Totally. Right. And, and so for between the two of us, um, you know, we connected pretty quickly and mm-hmm. um, she was, you know, the one thing that was great for us was we started working together during the Olympics in Sochi yeah. and we were doing all these live shows kind of the middle of the night and early mornings, uh, these update shows, but you know, by doing a bunch of shows together really quick live, it was, you know, figuring out a chemistry and, and understanding what her likes were and her understanding what my likes were. And, mm-hmm. um, and we just kind of feed off each other. I, I think for the most part, neither of us take each other too seriously. And I, and I say this, like Carolyn is such a ferocious talent. Like she is so mm-hmm. good. Um, and she's, and she doesn't make mistakes. Like she's just so confident on the air and, and mm-hmm. so wise. Um, and she's got such a tremendous upbringing, but you know, she also can have fun. And I think mm-hmm. that was kind of the thing where, you know, I think a lot of times, you know, I could play just a total goofball, uh, and you know, she could just a simple eye roll. You know, but then, yeah. but and there were, but there were also times where she could kind of like, <laughs> "Hey, what do you think?" And I could just kind of no sell it with a, "Yeah, it's not very cool." So yeah, <laughs> we, 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 we kind of changed parts, but it was fun. Like it was a really, it was a tough time. I will say this: it was a weird time at Sportsnet because the regional format of you know the Sportsnet Pacific and Sportsnet and at East and Ontario, they mm. were all kind of. Um, uh, you know, there's regional broadcasts, like there's Canucks on Sportsnet Pacific, but you know, how much Pacific content, like, you know, Vancouver content is there really uh, in, in the, you know, the regional shows kind of died out. And so 
I think we kind of sat over our heads, this cloud of, okay, you know, they're probably not going to keep this intact much longer. We were doing a morning show on the West coast and uh, it just wasn't sustainable. And so they eventually shut down production and kind of moved everything back to Toronto. And, you know, I think I was just at a point in my life where and I had a couple of young kids and it was like, you know, my ex-wife wasn't moving back to Toronto. And, and so, yeah, it was like, you know, I, we're here and we had just moved here. So, you know, we were in a good place and uh, and figured it out. And, and, you know, Carolyn's killing it now with Hockey Night in Canada. And, uh, yeah. It was fun. It was honestly like uh, for, for such a weird time, like on the air, I loved it. And uh, thanks for saying so. I, you know, Carolyn was so easy to work with. And mm-hmm. I think I'm, I'm very... I'm proud of the fact to have been able to work with her for, you know, a short period in her career and, and to kind of see where she's kind of gone because mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we had so much fun and, and honestly, yeah. we would talk like we were kind of like family, like you'd work together five days a week and, you know, spending time together and talk about stuff and yeah, just everything hung out and, and yeah, totally talked a lot of Seinfeld. There you <laughs> go. There you go. Miss Adele and, um, I don't know if I ever convinced her to start watching wrestling, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) I saw your, I saw your tweet the other night and, uh, it was about, what was it? The Royal rumble. And didn't you predict edge to win? And sure enough, Seaball has the story. This guy's like an yeah. WWE guy. And, and, and you know, honestly, you know what the funniest thing? Like, I haven't watched really in months. I haven't watched in months. And I was like, you know, talking to somebody, uh, one or two buddies last week. was like, who's winning the Rumble? And I'm like, oh, man, it's so hard to predict this year. And I don't know. I think I watched a couple minutes last week and I thought, I'm going to say Bianca Belair and Edge. Those will be my picks. And, uh, Edge <laughs> came out on top. This is the most unpredictable in years. And then I <laughs> call them both. It's like, okay, maybe it wasn't that unpredictable. So yeah. Every once in a while, oh. the sun shines on a dog's ass, I guess, right? There you go. <laughs> there you go. And hey, on the on the sports net note, like I think you did it perfectly. Like you said, like you were you were getting older. You had this great young talent. You just said, okay, you know what? I got to reinvent myself. I'm going to ride the coattails of a super talented person and just hop on a show right with her. That's exactly what I tried to do. I rallied up all my friends. Man, she oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm it's, like the, it's like the James Neal and McDavid. McDavid's right, right in James Neal for sure, right? 100%. 100%. It's, uh, yeah, I, you know, it was, it was fun though. Like I think that was yeah. the mm-hmm. one thing that – there was a great balance, um, you know. You guys, with, yeah, you guys were fantastic together. With, with, you know, there's there's something to be said about chemistry, right? And and mm-hmm. I, I think she would probably say the same thing that we both probably recognized it right away, and it was fun. Like we were, we could totally feel comfortable being goofs with one another, and. She's crazy talented. Like she picked up yeah. a ukulele and was like able to play a ukulele in no time. And Man. no one ever played with because she's like a borderline pro tennis player as well. So yeah, I was gonna say I feel like she's always got the tennis posts on Instagram. Like always, like that's always one of her. That's things. her jam, man. She played. Yeah. Uh, she played a lot of tennis. I think growing up. Um, there you go. And then um, you know, so I think that's her real passion in terms of the sport. But like, she's just an all around good athlete. Like she kicked my ass playing horse. <laughs> you know, I think we, we went out and we played frisbee golf with our buddy Chief, who was, on, who was behind the scenes at the show. And like, we're getting out there and start throwing, you know, and got my growler of beer and throwing them around. And got the growler. And, and, there. You know, and he's just got the touch, like, boom, just, you know, these darts. And like, here I am, you know, the, 
you know, the old horseshoe, <laughs> you know, when a kid throws a Frisbee and it kind of goes up <laughs> like a boomerang. It was like, you know, you know, I'm getting chirped going, okay, we can see who the athlete of these two are. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, so I, I wanted to, um, I was, I had a whole bunch of questions ready for the whole, for your time at the score. Cause that was a big part of my life in my, my adolescence. That was my like go-to highlight package and everything. And I just, I have such a clear memory of all the voices on there, but one of the guys that I wanted to ask about was cabbie. I feel like that's such a, it's almost, it feels like forever ago that I was watching cabbie and, and him with Kobe and him with hockey players. He was so such a funny guy. I just want to know, like, how, did you have a lot of interaction with him? And if so, and, and kind of another question do you think Canada kind of missed its opportunity with him? Because when he was popular here, it wasn't like the boom of social media and all this content where I think if, if we had him here now, he would be huge. You know, Cabby was, I, I don't want to say he was ahead of his time, but yeah, that's a, that's a weird but, phrase, but it's, but, it's, uh, would, but those, those segments would translate way more now in an Instagram and a hundred percent. You know what I mean? In a social media yeah. sort of world. Now, not to say that it didn't exist. I mean, he's doing great things. I think a Bleacher Report still south of the border. Yeah, he's down in, down in he, Vegas. He's so he's, you know, Cabby was, Cabby was such a, a, what you see is what you get. Like Cabby was the script writing guy behind the scenes. So you'd have like Greg Sansoni or, yeah. um, you know, Steve Coolius, they'd be on set or Martine in the early days and, you know, we'd all be in the suites. And so we'd be the, you know, voicing highlights, but we'd also be putting together highlight packs alongside our editors, um, you know, and, and okay, here's your highlight. And Cabby would come running in and, you know, he'd write down the details and, you know, have this, you know, these, you know, big sheets of paper and he'd come in and write it down, but he was always just like, he'd goof around, right. He was just such a character and uh, personality. He was kind of like an aspiring actor. And, and he, um, you know, you, you know, you joke around, you like, shut up, I'll stab you with this pen, you know, and how he would know, kind of give it to you. Um, yeah. and, uh, and, you know, he also worked at the same time. He was working part time at HMV as well. Oh, hell yeah, dude. And, Wild. And, I remember, and he, you know, and, and in those days when HMV was still kind of like the shit, right? And, and yeah. he hooked me up. I, I remember he hooked me up with a, I bought a, like, the old wrestling nerd in me, I bought like this WrestleMania box set, like the first 12 WrestleManias and he was able to get it for like half price. Right. It was, but it was, like, it was a huge score for me in those days. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was a huge movie buff and, and, uh, but you know, for the longest time, it was kind of people behind the scenes saying, you know, give him a chance, give him a chance. And, and by that point I had gone, moved to Vancouver and, uh, and then was covering the Canucks and the Grizzlies and the lions. And, you know, and cabbie was just finally, you know, I think enough people were in the year of kind of the executives at the score and finally, you know, just give them a mic, let them go out and goof around. Yeah, that's and, all you need to do with that guy. And, and just, and they just started trying it out and, you know, it just was literally, you know, just on the street and uh cabbie on the street. And then it kind of, um, it just kind of evolved. And, and then he went to mm -hmm. work for NBA Canada for a while. I think he was doing an NBA show at Sportsnet okay. and came back to, came back to the score. And yeah, I, I think the video just really took off. And then obviously, uh, you know, eventually went over to TSN as well, but he, uh, yeah. he, he did, I mean, just a, just a wonderful talent and personality and, and, you know, just a, a guy who just translates to star power, but always came across as so humble, you know, 
um, yeah. camera as well. He was, no, I got a lot of time for Cap. He's, he's done really, really well for him. Love that. Um, okay. I want to move into probably the, the questions I've been dying to ask. Not that I haven't been already dying to ask you some other okay. stuff, but you're just, NHL, well, you're serving me up with shit before. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, NHL 20, like, and just NHL 21, like <laughs> you're just, you're constantly in my head. Seaball. I'm addicted to NHL. I play with my friends. You criticize my play. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's, ab- so, it's actually the worst. Like last night when we we're losing 8 1 and you got C ball in your ear saying, Oh, there's another turnover. And you're like, Yeah. And you're just like, What kind know. of pass is that up the middle? And I'm like, Fuck. I'm like, <laughs> I've got this guy on in like less than 10 hours here and I'm up until 3 a.m. playing with my friends. Um, I, my kids, my kids, uh, like, my kids are tripping me now. Like, another goal from the rookie. And yeah. <laughs> I'm sick of myself. Like, I'm going through be a pro mode right now. And my player sucks, and I'm like stuck <laughs> on the fourth line. I've been healthy scratched, and uh, honestly, you know, cuts to the the radio show in between games, and it's just, oh, and this kid, I just don't. And like, I'm just sick and tired of myself shitting on me, right? Like, yeah. Come on, Sabalski, like enough, <laughs> enough. I hate me right now. So yeah. <laughs> I, I hear you. I know it's a, but man, like it's just the coolest thing. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, I, I've been very, you know, you guys are kind of rattling and I, and I'm, I'm very like, honestly, it's so cool that you guys, uh, you know, said some really nice things and I've been really lucky to do some awesome stuff in this career and this, in this business. And I've worked hard um, and been fortunate enough to, I guess, fool the right people at the right time, whether it was there you go. at Sportsnet or, or, <laughs> or the score, and, um, you know, the opportunity that kind of presented itself, for NHL and you know and I heard they were looking for a, a new broadcast team and I was able to to get myself an audition and um you know I and I guess I I convinced them that <laughs> I was the voice but as somebody who grew up playing the game man that was to get that call after going through I think three different auditions that yeah. was, that was honestly, without question, one of the coolest experiences uh, to be part of that and to have that sort of legacy now. Um, be, uh, part of the game. Yeah, like you're one of the voices. Um, my it's one, awesome. <laughs> my my one question though was, like, what was the process to actually like make the video game? Like, I mean, when I create my own player, like when you create yours, like there is hundreds if not like thousands of names like do you record every single name like how many hours are put into that like that is crazy so i'm contracted to do about 250 to 300 hours annually (laughs) baby (laughs) all right that's crazy like a valentine's day yeah no uh update time is coming james no no yeah and there's and, and look i mean there's there's some days where it's I guess the question, like, how is sausage made? And, um, you know, it's, yeah. there are some days where we'll rattle off 1,200 names, just moves the puck to Jones, moves the puck to Smith, moves the puck to McDavid, moves the puck to, you know, to Dowdy, moves the puck to Ellen <laughs> Pedersen. Like, it's just, you know, on and on and on and on. Can you heat up one for me, too? <laughs> you got taquitos or pizza pops? No, she's heating up pizza and she's only put one slice in. Sorry. It's a team effort around here. I'll eat it. Yeah, I'll eat some pizza too. Thanks. I know. Do you want to say hi? 
<laughs> I'm talking to uh, Greece and Josh on a phone. You want to say hi? There, you, can, you can meet Dr. Bing. Oh, she's on a she's on a call with a bunch of doctors right now. Across. Oh, okay. We're I actually have, a, I have okay. a personal neuroscience hijack this interview, but no, yeah, it's okay. Anyway, going back, there are some days we will we will voice uh, you know 1,200 names um, and. Yeah. You know, rattle off name after name, and it's got to stay with the same intensity and the same sort of, uh, you know, context, so it doesn't sound choppy, right? So it doesn't right. move the puck up to Jones, oh, over, you know, and so you kind of have that sort of consistent intensity. And for me, you know, my approach with the game was to kind of really like, I, I sell it, I fire it up, and um, mm. you know, it may not be for everybody, but that's how I roll, and um, and so. Yeah, there's some days like that. And then there's some days it's, you know, Ray Ferraro and I doing a two-man booth um, where, you know, we've been doing this virtually since COVID hit, um, but we've been able mm-hmm. to do it um, from our respective places. And they sent us all the equipment and the microphones and, and you know, we Zoom ourselves to death and for four or five hours. And <laughs> There um, you go. But it's, you know, but it's fun. Like working, you know, I, I would say the days that I can play off of Ray and Ray can play off of me, I, I find those are way more fun when it when it's just me kind of just you know uh, rattling through and and you know you need to do that meat meat and potatoes that sort of stuff but yeah I mean you have a chance to do a little more improvisation and and just okay here's the here's the context or here's the situation um, mm-hmm. you guys you guys you know kind of dress it up yeah I I, uh, I I need to ask about NHL twenty because I. I almost kept a statistic of every time Snoop Dogg came on, how my play just went completely down. But I need to ask about working with Snoop. Like I, I did, I watched an interview last night you did with another guy and you kind of talked how you went down to, I think it was Snoop's studio in LA, right? Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. what is this experience? Like meeting Snoop, like you must think to yourself, like, wait, I'm a sportscaster. How, like, how did I get here? What's I, like, for me, I would zone up being like, what the fuck? What's going on? We had brainstormed a lot of different ideas. Um, about maybe a possible in-game guest with some star power. And we had thrown out different ideas and Snoop's name came up based on him doing, he had shown up at a broadcast for a Kings game. And I think a fight broke out and it was just like, or, or I think I remember fight. seeing that video. It was just like, it was just a perfect storm for his personality. And it was like, this is amazing. Boy, if we could get Snoop, that would be something. And Snoop's a gamer. Like Snoop's, mm-hmm. um, you know, I th- I'm going to say, I think Snoop turns 50 this year. That's crazy. But, but he's like he's still a gamer at heart. He's a he's done stuff with Madden in the past and and he's you know, he loves playing Madden um and he's a big sports fan, but you know, flying down there, I mean, I grew up with, you know, I mean, you know, Snoop pretty much since high school for me or you know, late in high school was pretty much you know, in the sort of pop culture music industry and, and how he has just been in this sort of realm for what we're talking almost 30 years now. Right. And maintains relevancy and whether it's reality TV shows, whether it's selling cannabis, whether it's selling music, art, you know, TV shows, 
and um, always, always on the right side of relevancy too. Yeah, yeah, no, no, and it's not like you know, like I mean, if Snoop if Snoop showed up at somebody's party right now, it would just make that party way more awesome, right? It's like there's mm-hmm. no chuckling going, oh man, that guy's old, he's he's done, right? No, no, I yeah, mean, he's still relevant. I mean, look at even the last few months where there was the the, the Mike Tyson exhibition fight and. There's Snoop on commentary for the Nate Robinson, you know, and, and yeah. people just fell in love with it. And so we flew down to LA for two days. And I'll tell you, for me personally, he couldn't have been any better to deal mm-hmm. with uh, for me. He sat down, one of the first things he said was, I'm not above being told what to do. You know, basically to the producers, the better I sound, the better the game is, you know, all of that. And Mm -hmm. man, he's a smart, successful businessman for a reason. Um, And and it was fun. You know, we just improvised and ad lib pretty much a lot and and just kind of and Snoop was just himself. He's incredibly quick witted, incredibly quick witted. I mean, he's he's got his catchphrases, but man, for a guy who just sat down and just kind of riff and tee him up with something and, and then kind of laugh, but just always has, just always has something to kind of uh, say. Know. Yeah. And, but there's just, there's always something like he's got a little bit of goofball in him and that was kind of fun, but he's a huge sports fan. Um, it was funny. There was one day we were talking about um, one of the days we were talking, he's a big Lakers fan. And I said, you know, I, I, I started watching basketball because of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and yeah, kind of looked at me and was like, I'm going to show you something after I'm like, okay, you know, and then, you know, hours go by, the day wraps up, he gets up and leaves and make nothing of it. And, um, anyway, 10 minutes later, he comes back into the studio and he's got this little jewelry box and he opens it up and it's these two all-star rings from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. No way. That's wild. Just, just a massive fan at heart. So it was cool. It was, it was, it was really cool to get a sense of where, you know, the stories that he's experienced and, um, you know, the personalities that he would talk to, he was, you know, there was something that was said and he was like, man, I got Ric Flair's phone number in my phone. I'm like, no, you know, I was like, come on. He's like, for real. I, he goes, I can pick up and call Rick. Ric Flair's my boy. Right. <laughs> and I was like, and in my mind, I'm just like, I'm just fanboying out. I'm like, man, like this guy's just, uh, he's, he's just, just so cool. Like, you know, but you know, talking, I was, I'm a huge Dave Chappelle fan and that movie half baked from about 20 years ago. And, you know, he has a cameo in that I just asking Dave uh, or just asking Snoop about that. And just the story and the experiences that he had had, like so many moments off air that, um, you know, that, that didn't make for the video game. Like the video game part was fun. I know some mm-hmm. people were like, Oh, it was too repetitive. And yes, like, could we have, like, we could have tried to record a, a week's worth of stuff. Right. But, um, yeah. but at the same time, for me personally, like those two days, they were a lot of fun. Like two of the most enjoyable work days I've had. He took a lot of breaks. Like that man <laughs> takes a lot of breaks when he's working, but I guess yeah. he can. Um, <laughs> But it was, uh, it, was, it was a really cool experience. I love it. Um, Elijah, do we have – how much time? We're running 30 and a half here. So do we have time here for hockey? Well, or? Yeah, we, we, we got to jump into a little bit. We got to get some – I think this might 
suit us best to just do this quickly and just to have spicy take after spicy take. So we can talk about what the Canucks are. We're obviously a Canucks podcast. You're you're a Canucks guru guy, been around the game a long time. So you can look at these first 11 games and you can confidently say, just so that we can clip this up, use it for Instagram, all that stuff. You can, you can say for us, yes, the Canucks will win the Stanley Cup, probably at ease, maybe lose two games along the way. And we got an MVP in our team too, right? <laughs> I, it's it's crazy to figure out so we've just played a fifth of the season yeah mm-hmm. yeah who are the canucks yeah. right what are they no right yeah. and it, it's like is there a sense of an identity i think when this team's clicking at all cylinders like you saw against the jets back on saturday you go okay this is a team that's legit right you got mm-hmm. you got firepower up front. They're tenacious on the puck. You got good goaltending, uh, and they check all the boxes. And when you look at maybe a week ago against the Montreal Canadiens, and you go, okay, well, this is a team that desperately needs all-star goaltending to survive. They're young and immature up front because they're streaky and inconsistent and still trying to find their ways. And the blue line is clearly not as deep as we initially thought on paper when the season began, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, it's... Look, I think the encouraging thing is when you look up front and if Brock Besser who is looking like the Brock Besser of three seasons ago, who's the shot Mm -hmm. seems to be back. He seems quicker. I mean, there's some encouraging things to see. Um, If he's your fourth best forward, that's a sign of a team that's got some serious depth in terms of talent up front. If if Besser's your fourth best forward, that's pretty good. Um, You know, on the, on the other side, you know, on the defensively, you, you know, Hughes is something. I think Schmidt's starting to find his way. You know, mm-hmm. you're kind of round into form. I know he's kind of everybody's whipping boy for his first year here, but I like what I've seen from Tyler Myers this year. I know there's been some turnovers, but you look at the minutes he's playing. The coaching staff obviously feels comfortable with what he's doing. Um, and, and he engages like he's brought a little bit of snarl on that back end. Like he's kind of mm-hmm. playing a little more six, seven. Yeah. He's engaged in the rush more and kind of jumped into that. Um, I'd like to see a little more scoring in that bottom six. Um, you know, I hope it's sustainable. Mott's been great. Uh, mm-hmm. I think has been really strong to start the season too. Obviously at yeah, the hat trick, but, but beyond just even the hat trick, I like the way he's kind of showing up. But you just hope that you can get a little more offense. You know, the Jake and Goddard, I think, are two major question marks for me with this team. Yeah. Right? Like, are they – like, I kind of look at, you know, Sam Bennett's out there right now or at least wants out. But, you know, would a Jake for Bennett be a consideration? Just straight up, yeah. Well, and I, I wonder if it might be – you know, the dollars might add up, and I wonder in terms of the comparables and – how you make that work. But, you know, Bennett as your third line guy, if you know that Sutter has gone at the end of the year. And I mean, if you're still trying to figure out what Goddard is, like, I don't think Goddard's a, a, I don't think he's a center, a third line guy. Like he's just, I just don't think he's got that maturity in his game to go that two ways. Right. You can play him on the wing, but you know, Bennett would check a lot of boxes and bring just a little more grit too. Right. And, and, and yeah. in at an age that, kind of correlates with that core right now between Besser and P and Miller and Hughes, you know, kind of fit into that mid 20s sort of range. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, 
right now, goaltending, because we can never get enough of goaltenders in Vancouver. Yep. Who are you riding right now? Holpe, Demko? Like, I, like I'm all in on Demko right now. You know, and, and uh, look, he, he's got he's been great the last three games. And if this is the case, I just don't want to, personally speaking, I don't want to anoint a number one guy just yet. Yeah. And, and here's and here's why. Look, if De- like if Demko is ultimately going to be the Demko that we all fell in love with last summer in that small sample size against Vegas, then so be it. But what's the ceiling right now? I mean, if anything, Braden Holpe is the same age as Jacob Markstrom. Like, I think there's four or five months different between those two guys, right? So he's not mm-hmm. old. No. But, but, if I, but I would say who's got the higher ceiling? Well, it's hard not to say that Braden Holpe's got the higher ceiling when the guys won a Vesna and a Stanley Cup. Right yeah, yeah. now, he's kind of been leaky the last couple of years, but he tightens up his game. Mm-hmm. Like, man, what's to say that that guy finds his form again? Right? Yeah. yeah. I yeah, just I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to ice Braden Holpe right now and just you know ride Demko as hard as you can. Look, look, he's on a roll and let him go. But at the same time, like I want to still see Braden Holpe get some games in there because. Oh, yeah. Man, you know, don't you don't think that Braden Holpe is motivated now seeing the kids doing this? I don't think yeah. I don't think it's a malicious thing, but I, I'd I'd like to see this kind of stay a one one a. You want to commit to a guy in the playoffs? I get it. You want to commit to somebody down the stretch? I get it. But I think while you are while you have the opportunity now, let these guys find their way. I mean, in fairness, both those guys just like went on a roll against the Ottawa Senators, right? Like, let's see yeah. how this kind of plays out here in the next two weeks where. You got a big series with Calgary. You got a you know big games against the Leafs and the Habs here all coming up. I, I'd like to see mm-hmm. this day a little more open for competition, at least for the foreseeable future, rather than just committing to one. And I think yeah. the biggest thing with that is um like I think this year of all years, the schedule allows that. Like there's so many back to backs. There's mm-hmm. you know, your schedule is really tight. Like I, I feel like you make a good point there because it's like even if Vancouver wants to ride the hot hand of Demko or Holtby, they can't because it's just like the schedule is just not built for that this year. Maybe last year it might be, but not. Yeah. Now. You know, and, 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 and I look at it where, so you go back to back. So for, as we're recording this, the Canucks and the Habs, they go back to back and then it's every other night for the next little bit. Right. Yeah. So once you get past these two Habs games, then you go, you know, Thursday, Saturday, Monday, then then Thursday. You could conceivably ride one guy, yeah, one room guy, right? And so, yeah, that's what I wonder here. So, I think there's probably a lot riding on you know what these two guys do, these two games, and you know if, if Holtby has a clunker of a start and Demko's solid, well, then I could see the Canucks just kind of leaning on this. But yeah, you know if Holtby you know, shows another quality start here and you get, okay, that's back to back good starts and to do it in Montreal. And it's, that's no easy feat, right? I mean, that's a yeah. team that's got a lot of scores, a lot of big, heavy shots from the back end. Like I like the, I, to me, I, I like Montreal to come away at the North. Oh, there we go. I've actually There's heard that take. take the other day, There's man. I, I was just about, I was just about to crown you like, the go-to guy for making making some good call bets, like some good, reliable, invest in this bet kind of thing. And then you did that. I don't know if I could back that anymore. So you don't like that, eh? I tell you, I don't I, know. I, they check the boxes in gold for me. Yeah. yeah. Right? I mean, I'll still, like, if the fate of the world's on the line and I'm playing a hockey game with the fate of the world at stake, like for the Infinity Stones, yeah. Luna, Luna Terry Price. <laughs> 
Like, uh, give me Gary Price still. Uh, I love that back end. I mean, yes, I get Shea Weber's in his mid thirties, but he's still a stud on the back end. But That's this Romanov kid, Romanov is nasty, and, right? Right. Yeah. But and and he's small, and, and he's the smallest of the group. And then you got all these, you know, you got these evergreens out there with Edmonton <laughs> and Petrie and Sherrod, and and you've got Weber, and then up front where I get you don't have the alpha, but. Boy, Nick Suzuki is one member of the Habs organization. He basically described him as, you know, Patrice Bergeron version 2.0. And there you go. You know, you've got, you know, Gallagher can be, a, you know, in a conventional 82 game season, Toffoli, yeah. Gallagher, Tatar, Drouin, yeah. Suzuki, Kotkaniemi, Anderson. Even um, you know, you start rattling through like there's, there's about eight or nine guys you can make a case for having 20 goal potential. Yeah. yeah. There's a, it's a more of a bullpen by committee, but like there's a lot of guys who could kind of assume the mantle if somebody's not humming along that night. That's yeah, why yeah. I have the Habs. There you go. You know what? Kudos to you. You sold me the pen. You Jordan Belfort, that situation. You did a good job of that one. <laughs> I got I'm sold. I got some swamp land in Florida too for you. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Anyways. That's all the time we got. We're, we're so thankful for James can, for coming on. Can Go we ahead, ask Josh. him one more thing? One more thing. Just a, just mean, a Super Bowl pick. I might kick you out of the chat if you try, but just give me a Super Bowl pick. That's it. No analysis. Just give yeah. me a team. Chiefs or Chiefs or box. Team Mahomes. All right. Hell yeah. Love there that. it is. Thank you, James. We appreciate the time. Uh, we'll be we'll be in touch, man. This was fun. Cheers, yeah. guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, James. Don't get arrested. Don't be a COVID. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm just I, I, so heated. Because of what what you're telling me, because I I do not want to live in a world <laughs> in a world where a craft dinner is the fucking substitute to a good macaroni. You're putting powder. No 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 mac macaroni, as you call it, is a substitute, Katie. God. <laughs> oh my God, go to. Go to Italy. If you ask, open some fucking no, 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 no. If you ask any Canadian, would they rather have macaroni or KD? They will tell you KD is the best. It is superior. It is a fucking national treasure, and it is the greatest dish in Canada. I'm Mason Dixon, a Habs fan stuck in Leafs country. With my co-host, Corey, a southern beauty trapped deep in the bayous of Louisiana. With over 2,500 kilometers of separation, we still managed to come together to give you Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. While I don't know what a kilometer is, I do know Habs hockey. Don't let the 10-year age gap or distance fool you. We bleed Blue Blanc Rouge, and we're known to serve up hot takes along with our unique charm. Join us every Monday and Thursday for Hockey Talk, Ref Rage, and your daily dose of Southern ignorance. Only on the Hockey Podcast Network. Katie is the superior macaroni and cheese. Get the fuck out of here. You put Um, ketchup on your fucking macaroni, you nasty kid? Yes, I fucking do. This has been Half Nightly. You guys have a great one. All right, we are back. We hope you guys enjoyed that interview and also a big shout out to the guys at Habs Nightly. Uh, I think that's Corey and Mason. 
I've hopped on their show before. There's some funny guys. Corey, I don't know if he mentioned it in his ad, but this guy is a beauty, man. He's from New Orleans. He's a Habs fan, and he's got a wicked beard. Like he's got, he's got like I don't know what to, I would call it a Viking beard, a Jesus beard, a biker beard, a lot of things. And he's actually one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. He's dope. Can you on a scale? Of, can you like scale it to something for us? Like, are we talking like, like Gimli? Are we talking like Orthodox Jew? I, or like I would say, like, <laughs> <laughs> are, we, are we talking like Duck Dynasty? Yeah, yeah like what kind? I would, say, I would say Gimli was. That sounds kind of mean. <laughs> Because Corey's a good-looking guy, but Gim- Gimli's fucked. But dude, the Gimli's beard, fucking like, sick, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. I think I'd rather. I think I'd rather like lick someone's foot for an hour than even touch Gimli's face. Really? But, what? No, dude, dude. He's, <laughs> he's fucking that's, sick. I, he's a, he's a great. Yeah, he's funny. But that's it. <laughs> but I would say his beard, his beard is Gimli-esque. We'll give him that. Okay. Okay. Um. But yeah, awesome interview from James. We hope you guys enjoyed that. That was great. Um, yeah. fanboy moment for us. I'm still nervous. I'm still sweating. I got my maxi pads in my armpits, taking up all the sweat. Elijah, it's, sure to time, it's my time shirt. to get get connected with James. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> good line. How did we not do that before? We should have done. Fuck. Right? Oh. <laughs> Somebody should have could have was with this fucking show. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, it's been a big day. It's also February seventh, otherwise known as Super Bowl Sunday. Um. I don't think you're allowed to say that, actually. I think I broke the rules right there. I think it's like a huge copyright thing. But fuck it. <laughs> Live life on the edge around here. Um, I believe so, it, like, actually, or are we just going to no, roll No, 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 don't worry. Fuck it. No, whatever. If we, get, dude, punches? It, <laughs> what is if we get shut down, press? that means we're big time. Yeah, exactly. That means someone's listening that matters. Um, so, yeah, huge, <laughs> huge game. Uh, me and Josh, wait, whatever. We watched it. We had a lot of money on the line in different kind of ways. Um but what it boils down to is Josh is a Brady boy. He he's a Brady bitch, what I call him. And I cheer for good games. And one of us lost, and one of us wasn't given what we were promised. And today I was not given a good game. And the <laughs> fucking stripes stole that from me. That's what they did. They robbed me of a good game. They handed Mr. Farmer Boy his seventh trophy. He didn't have to do anything for it. He was given the game. So Josh, you can go ahead and, and give your piece and just agree with me, and we can go to Raph after if you want. Uh, okay, well, the first thing is I want me and Raph to copyright the name, and to all the just Tom Brady fans out there, we'll just call call ourselves the Brady Bunch. Like, has that name not already been Probably. taken by, like, Brady fans? Like, you're part of the Brady Bunch? Like, That's just Tom Brady's family. Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> might be reserved for them. Yeah. Um, but hey, until his wife takes his last name, then they can't call themselves the Brady Bunch. There True. you go. Hot take. Um, but this game, fuck man, like the fact that I'm just trying to think of like where I want to start here. I mean, Kansas City not scoring a touchdown, like Jesus Christ, like that's a that's a tough look. Like the fact that you're only. Like player that was scoring points was Harrison Butker, and oh, with a man. name like that, like that's that's a tough look for a team that had the best offense in the league. That's shitty. But what I will say is, me and Raph, there is regular season Brady, and then there's playoff Tom. Fucking playoff Tom, let's <laughs> <My> go. <God>. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't care who you are or what you cheer for, but you cannot not like Brady. No. You have to like the guy. 
You have to. Why, what do you think? What do you think? Throwing dimes today. What do you think makes me have to like Tom? Like, what? Dude, why do I have to? It's like hating puppies. You can't do it. Yeah. I don't. I the way even, I look at you, it, you saw you saw that post on what is it, Sports Center? Even fucking the Patriots threw respect on it, there you and go. they lost Brady. And yeah. now they say, and now Brady has more rings than any NFL franchise ever. Yeah, he's the like. Okay, okay. I will admit that go, he's going to try and two probably, hands. He's probably in the top five for our best quarterbacks of all time. I'll give him that at this point. But what do you mean? who's above him? <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to piss Josh off with that. With Josh off with that. Well, did you not see? Do you not see? Um, oh fuck! What was the stat that Jordan sent us to about every single uh, quarterback that Tom Brady beat this year and every single quarterback that Tom yeah. Brady lost to this year? That was an interesting okay. one. So he lost to Eli Manning twice, and then who was the other one? Uh in Super Bowls, Seattle probably. Uh, maybe I have to find it. Give me one second. What is okay. he's been to ten Super Bowls. He's only one. He's won six of them or something like that. Or he's been to 11 now. Now he's been to 11 and now he's seven. I have no idea what the record is. I know he's won seven now. Here's, here's my, here's my justification for this, for the season. And I don't know if this is his best one yet. He, he said like, he's not going to compare. And again, like every win is different. Every cop out, cop out answer. But yeah, I know. But is it fair to say that this might be, not necessarily like yes, like in the Super Bowl, like today he ran train or Tampa Bay just ran train on Kansas City. But think of the quarterbacks that he had to beat to get there. Okay, so he beat Drew Brees. Yeah. He beat Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. The MVP, and he beat Patrick Mahomes, which is last year's MVP and the defending champs. And he did it on a new team. With a new coach, new playbook, new everything, and he's calling the plays for his offense, which he did not do in New England. I'm, I'm pretty sure he did a little bit, but not nearly as much as he did in Tampa Bay this year. That is fucking Fair. crazy. So, different perspective. Life is about understanding and appreciating other people's perspectives. He beat two injured quarterbacks and one shitty teammate. What do you think about that? Aaron Rodgers was not injured. He's a shitty teammate, though. Uh, true, but Patrick Mahomes really didn't show signs of injury until like the fourth quarter when he got hit. Perspectives, right? It's all about perspectives in life. True, but yeah. then also like, at the same time, like my my biggest thing right now, and it, and I'm gonna ask Raph as well. Raph, have you watched The Last Dance? No. Okay. Elijah, I know you have. Yeah. Is Tom Brady like the best athlete of all time? Like, is he, is he better? Like, like let's, let's truly break this down. And like, I'm not ready to give Tom the crown here, but like, let's just think about this. Okay. The best NHL player is Gretzky without a doubt. Like guys got all the records, got just everything. Okay. Uh, Basketball is Michael Jordan, I would say. Um, yeah. Tiger and, Woods. And, and the thing golf. is, is, sorry? Tiger Woods for golf. Tiger Woods for golf. Uh, and then you go into baseball, and, and baseball is interesting. I mean, I think there's so many good baseball players out there. It's kind of 
it's kind of I don't funny. know if there's really a best of all time for baseball. It's such a tarnished sport. Who knows? Yeah, like who it's the an, fuck knows. Like people, yeah. So the baseball, one thing I can say about baseball, whoever the best baseball player is, he's not in the conversation for the greatest athlete of all time. So yeah, that's that's so, that. Then you go into the NFL. Like Tom Brady is not only the best quarterback of all time; he's the best to ever play this game. Yeah, like, but so. I guess with me, where I come at this from is I think he probably is the greatest athlete of all time. I'll give him that because he's shown many ways to win. Um, the interesting side about it is that I think football is a very is, is out of all the games. It's a team game. It, it's 100% a team game. Sure. And teams have won him a Super Bowl before. Like he's. It's not, it's not, it's never just Brady. Like today, he would not have won that game without the Tampa Bay front four. He would not have won the game without Shaq Barrett or with uh, Devon White or Devin White. Like yeah. he does not win that game without those players on defense. True. And yeah. one, in, in an interview, I remember I, I heard Bruce Arians talk about it. He said that they, they understand with all these new players coming to offense, this is going to be a struggle to get it and to time it or just get it ready in time for the Super Bowl or, or for the playoffs. But what they did work on is they had to make sure that their defense was was good. It was great and set because they had a bunch of returning players and a ton of skill on that side of the ball. Mm-hmm. And this has happened before for Tom. He's had great defenses before. Obviously, you have Bilicek as a coach for, for 16, 18 years, whatever it was. This yeah. is – that's going to happen. So I think when I look at MJ – I think I might put MJ above him still as the greatest athlete, even after saying it earlier, just because like MJ is the team. Like every every one of those six championships, he was the championship. He was never he didn't have those those games where, you know, the the LA Rams and and Patriots Super Bowl, like once again, defense won that one. Yeah, like I think the I think the one thing that I will say is in terms of like true dir- oh Sorry, that's awkward. In terms of true direct impact on the game, I would say yes. My like, I would say basketball players have the most. The I would say they have the most impact on on, yeah. on any sport because, like, LeBron. Like, how long is a basketball game? 40, 45 minutes. I think it's sixty. Still, I think they do fifteen minute quarters. 15, Fifty. Okay, so fifteen minutes, dude. LeBron. Plays, oh, like it's 48 four, minutes. I'm an idiot. 48 minutes. Of course. Four, yeah, 48 minutes. Dude, LeBron plays like 45 of those. Like yeah. he's only off the floor. Like whereas like, you, you know, Connor McDavid gets of a 60-minute game, he plays 25. And I would say even that's quite a lot for him. And then you can argue in terms of the NFL, you're right. Like how long, like time of possession, like how long is your team actually on the field for of a 60-minute football game? And time of possession today for Tampa Bay, I don't, re- I don't know what it was, but it's probably not more than half. So uh, I, would, I would say, in, yes, in terms of direct impact on a team success, yes, Michael Jordan does that. So I think that would really be kind of the only case because, and plus the one thing I will say about MJ is just the time frame that he won in. Like yeah. they won their first championship in what the eighty nine ninety season or the ninety ninety one season? I want to say it was the ninety ninety one. Yeah. So even if you say ninety ninety one, and then 
Michael left after the 98, 99 season. So in a nine year span, they won six championships, like in such a narrow window like that. Like that's fucking crazy. Yeah. Whereas New England won six in how many years? 12. Uh, Oh, three was the first one, right? Yeah, maybe. And then I think, I think it was, I think it was 16 years. I think it was 16 years that it went. So again, so in terms of, like they won every basically three years, whereas the Bulls won pretty much every like second year, which is crazy. Or two about. every uh, two every three years. Two every um, three years. Yeah, another thing that comes down to it too is is it's just along the same lines. Like there are, there are there are numerous factors in football as opposed to very few factors in basketball, in my opinion. One of the there's two other things that affect the equation for me. And it's, it's, a, it's all a personal thing. That's the thing. Greatest athlete of all time is always a personal subjective opinion of what that even what's judged. And so mm-hmm. for me, two of the big things, too, is I've always been a fan of, of series. I think series really test a person's adaptability and just a team's ability to do that, just to change their game plans, to dominate, to beat a team day in and day out. Um, yeah. And then the other thing is the coaching, like coaching. You couldn't be at two opposite ends of the spectrum where coaching in basketball has very, very minimal effect on it. Whereas coaching in football is, is a ton of, a ton of it right there. And, but, but but that that could use against me where Brady has just shown that he'll, he'll take the greatest football coach of all time, shove him aside, tell the new coach that he's calling all the players and go and win the Super Bowl. So yeah, respect is due on that one. Yeah. I mean, I think the one thing that I will say um, that Jordan had that Brady maybe always didn't was like a good supporting cast around him. You know, like when yeah. you think of Chicago, like who did you have? You had Rodman, you had Pippen, uh, like those are kind of like the three. And then like, you know, they, they kind of swap individual pieces out, but dude, like in terms of like Brady, like instead of having four guys around MJ on the court, Brady has 11 plus a defense. Yeah. So, like, it's not always going to work out in his way. Like, I feel like MJ has a lot more control over everyone, whereas Brady kind of had to sit there and work within the means that other players gave him. Totally. It's one thing like, to say that other players can help you win, but they can all, other players could fuck it up for him along the way. So Totally. Totally. Yeah, it goes both ways. causes the clutch factor. Yeah. So, the I last mean, thing – sorry. Like, I don't know if they should ever really be compared. Like it's hard because like everyone just bases this off of championship rings, but basketball and football are two very different sports that I think we just, I, I'm not really ready to say that Brady is better than Jordan, but I'm also not ready to say that Jordan is better, better than Brady. Cause it's just, yeah. it's hard to say in terms of winning. Yeah, sure. Brady's better because he has seven championships, but I think people just, they don't like Tom Brady. And I don't know why. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, why didn't people hate Michael Jordan? You yeah, know, like, I, even even the fans that he kicked the shit out of and broke hearts with, like, no one ever hated MJ. It seemed. Yeah. It's but, just the generation we play in. That's yeah. my opinion. But um, the last question I wanted to pose to you was, it could be a short one, is what happens now with Mahomes and the Chiefs? I mean, they looked very disjointed. They looked incomplete. And they got exposed and whether that's because of missing linemen or injuries, whether or not the, I still felt confident going to that game. I'm sure the team did too. So where do they go yeah. now? There's I mean, definitely a decent amount of fans that I've seen on social media who are very upset with his performance. 
with some, Mahomes. Yeah. Some even saying like trade him back to the Lions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like for a late round draft pick. Lions. Yeah. So, yeah. you know what? I'm not worried about Mahomes. Like, dude, this guy, like. He's if, young, if he, isn't he? Dude, if he won. 24, he, I think. Like, yeah. if he won this year, if he won this year, the fact that he had won two Super Bowls in his first three years as a starter, that's fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. He, Mahomes is going to be fine. The Chiefs are going to be fine. What I will say, though, is whoever drew up the defensive plan for Tampa Bay is a fucking genius because all you had to do was <laughs> yeah. just give Tyreek Hill just a 10 yard pillow, let him go under. Like, don't let him beat you up top because he, they did not get beaten once. They did not get burnt at all. Obviously, yeah. you're going to have to sacrifice first downs. And then you just try your best to neutralize Kelsey. And that's it. And the front four for Tampa Bay was good enough to kind of take advantage and make Mahomes run. If you make Mahomes run, that's when, like, he's a good passer and everything. Like, we saw some unreal, like, sidearm passes, but holy shit. Those could have been easily intercepted. Those were like those are like fucking prayers. It seems yeah. like, but his offensive line did not do him any favors. Plus, they were hurt. So yeah. I would yeah. say my opinion is a bit different. I think same thing. Defensive coordinator genius, but also, but for the opposite reasons. The front four are the entire reason they won this game. The you can do that exact defensive plan on on Hill and Kelsey, but if you can't get pressure to Mahomes. It doesn't matter. Like Kelsey, get if you give Hill and Kelsey ten seconds, eight seconds to get open, They'll they're going to get open. And yeah. so, but but that worked in combination. That whole defensive plan worked out the way it worked out because of the front four. Um, back to the original question: Mahomes will be fine. He yeah. was he was gutting it out out there. Like he was hurt. He had no no protection, and still he was still keeping them in the game somehow at, at times. Like it felt like until the fourth quarter, five minutes left, we all still kind of had like, Oh, they might be able to do it. Cause they have homes now. Yeah. Who knows where they go from here? I think, I think they'll still be, I might, I say Super Bowl favorites next year. I think they will be because if they're healthy in this game, they have all their linemen. I think they win, but it would, it would have been close. That's for sure. Yeah. I think it should have been a lot closer if Kansas city had remained healthy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if, if anyone is questioning the fucking chiefs, man, like, Stop! Stop right there. Like, <laughs> yeah. just go. Get- is fine. The Chiefs are fine. They'll yeah. be back. They're fine. Absolutely. Your your meds are not doing you right. If that's what you're thinking right now. Yeah. Um. Okay. We've got one last segment for the folks here. Uh, we're gonna kick it over to Spoiled. We got another edition. We got this week is Josh. Why don't you lead it in with the movie and just kind of like what? Uh, just a quick yeah, little synopsis. Just, just go for it, buddy. Just. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Hitman's Bodyguard, that's, uh, that's what we watched. You know, honestly, I, I really like Ryan Reynolds and uh, uh, Sam L. Jackson. But nice. uh, that's pretty much as far as it goes for, for the old Josh, because <laughs> I forgot to watch my own movie. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a listener right now, and I'm thinking, okay, why the fuck am I listening to these guys? They have a weekly segment. <laughs> And the guy chose the movie and he didn't watch it. So can you maybe just give me the elevator pitch to a listener right now why they should still trust you with their time? Um, Because we're fucking funny. <laughs> and I have a pretty good taste in movies. 
What did you guys think of it? Is it really that good of a taste in movies if you won't go out of your way to watch your own movie? I forgot. <laughs> yeah. he has, he's emphatically said that like it won't happen again. It it was a we all do this. It was a genuine forget is what it was. Yeah. We I have repercussions it. now though, don't we? Yeah, it's a bottle of wine, but it's but well, we'll, if you if you miss your own forward. movie. Yeah, moving forward. Moving, we never really anticipated. This is the thing: when setting up this segment, we never really anticipated this situation. Yeah. I think we always knew that there was a danger of someone missing a movie, but this was a curveball, Josh. I'll give you that. You always find a way to make us think. So we're on the ball. We're thinking of ways to to have accountability within the system. That's that's what all great teams have. They have accountability. So we're gonna figure out a way to just keep the accountability within the three of us. But, Initial. Yeah. Initial thoughts, though, for repercussions we thought of were like also shotgunning a beer on camera. So you're not a bottle, yourself. Drinking a whole bottle of wine on camera. Yeah. As Actually, if like you're buying yourself. That's yeah. the other thing I, I want to mention. So, Elijah, what wine did I buy you today? You got me the Snoop wine. I forget. Uh, oh, the Snoop wine. <laughs> Hate that fucking wine. It was, you it was, <laughs> had it, Ralph. Yeah, I did. Is it really red? I don't like it. It was awesome. Shout out, Josh. It was in honor of our James Sabalski interview. <laughs> yeah. There you shout go. out, James Sabalski. Yeah. We're drinking in your, your two day your two day hangout with the Snoop, the D O double G. The Snoop D O double G, exactly. Um, okay. So the back movie. to the movie. The movie. Raph, what'd you think? I liked it. I've seen it before. Um re- real quick, quick synopsis of the movie. So it's basically Ryan Reynolds' character whose name was was Bryson, I think. Uh, last name Bryson. I think it was Michael yeah. Bryce. Yeah, he went by Bryce or Bryson or whatever it was. And he was basically a bodyguard for like high profile people who ended up having a contact or having a colleague or I guess a person he was protecting die on him, lost his title, started doing like shitty jobs for like shitty politicians. And then uh, he gets roped into this whole event where they're basically trying to bring this one person uh, who was played by Samuel L. Jackson. I can't remember his first name, last name, Kincaid. They're trying to bring him to basically testify against a. a politician, a Belarusian dictator. Yeah, Belarusian dictator who basically uh, performed genocide upon a very small village outside of his jurisdiction. Um, yeah, and it's just basically like how they get how Bryce gets Kincaid to the actual uh, the actual courthouse and everything like that. So it's a pretty interesting movie. I thought it was nice. Like I like I love Ryan Reynolds because every time I see Ryan Reynolds in a role like that, I just can't not picture Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, which is fucking hilarious. Like even the one liners and the guy like the guy works well. He's a creative person. He's really funny. He's just got that kind of personality for, I feel like, action comedy movies. What's What's a good class of actors to put Ryan Reynolds in? Like, I know we made the comparison to put Denzel and Samuel L in kind of the same category of of how how popular they are and, and what kind of effect they have on a movie. What category yeah. would you, What other actors would you put in the same grade and same class as Ryan Reynolds? I have Ryan mm. Gosling kind of in that. No, I would not put Ryan Gosling in that class. Would you put him above or below? I would put Ryan Reynolds as more of like a comedic version of like a Brad Pitt from Mr. and Mrs. Smith in a movie like The Hitman's Bodyguard. Would you put would you put Ryan Gosling and Jake Gyllenhaal in the same kind of category? No. Okay. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I would put Gosling above Gyllenhaal and I would put Reynolds I would put Reynolds above both of them. I would put Reynolds book. above both of them. I would put yeah. Gyllenhaal over Gosling. There you go. Yeah, okay. not a bad take, Gyllenhaal. Yeah, Gyllenhaal for me. I, I, I'll admit I haven't seen I haven't seen Brookback Mountain. I bet he's good in that. 
but I, I said that wasn't even supposed to be a joke, but <laughs> just typical awkward Josh made watch, one. Watch Jake Gyllenhaal in like Donnie Darko, Source Code, Nightcrawler. They're all good movies. Seen Source, yeah. He's he, I I like I like his movies. I would say Ryan Reynolds has this effect on us. What Raph just said, like when you see Ryan Reynolds in a movie, for some yeah. reason you know that his supporting actress is going to be an absolute smoke show, and you're going to fall yep. in love with her for the next two hours. He's going to drop gr- hilarious one-line bombs throughout the entire movie. Yep. <laughs> He's going to like, they are going to roast him on the movie, which is also hilarious. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think he does. He kind of does what Sam does, what Sam Jackson does in the sense of he plays like these action comedy roles quite well. You know, he, he has this thing that Samuel Jackson also has. It's like where he is the role. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're not looking for a character in a good way. Yeah, he's like you're not looking for a character that can fill this role. It's like you're looking for a Ryan Reynolds esque style of acting. It's like when you cast Samuel Jackson, it's like you're looking for a Samuel Jackson esque style of acting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they they tend to play very very similar roles all the time. I like Definitely. that comparison. I like yeah. that. And even okay. with um with Ryan Reynolds too, I think like yeah, he's being typecasted for it, or that's like you said, it's a very niche role. But yeah. I think he does. He does amazing in it. And one of my favorite parts about Ryan Reynolds is like the fact that he has a movie like The Green Hornet, which was yeah. so bad, so shitty. And, he, and he's the one that never lets it die. Like yeah. the fact that it's so shit and it's there, he yeah. always brings it up, and that's like just so funny to me. You know, what was um the least Ryan Reynolds Ryan Reynolds movie that I've ever seen him in. Have you guys which ever seen that? The Proposal with Sandra Bullock? No, but no. I've heard. Great, great movie. I, th- I think it, yeah, it's Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock. Great movie, but it's a very different role than what we're used to seeing him in. Like, it's still like a rom com type thing. It's good, right. but it's like you don't get that kind of like obnoxious, loud kind of humor with him in that. Okay. What, um, yeah, good movie. just real quick, how old do you think, guys, without looking it up, how old do you think Ryan Reynolds is? Probably like 46. Josh? Uh, I'm going to say he is 44. Josh nailed it. 44. Nice. Wow. I've, I was expect. I don't know what it is about me. I think I'm a bit, uh, a bit pessimistic when it comes to looking at people's ages. Like when I saw that Sam was Samuel L. Jackson was in his seventies, like that got me sad. That made me yeah. realize it's He's another old. reminder of me. Like I am old when fucking Samuel L. Jackson is. I'm pretty sure he's 72. Like yeah. we talk about Joe Biden being old. Samuel L. Jackson is four years younger than Joe fucking Biden. So <laughs> yeah. like we've got issues, guys. Okay, let me. Maybe Raph can. You guys really want to get sad then? Okay, Raph, tell me how old Tom Hanks is. Oh, I don't uh, remember how old Tom Hanks oh, is. I Tom Hanks John, is old. Joe Biden's 78. Whoops. Whatever, six <laughs> years. That's not. Wait, wait. How Tom old? Hanks is currently 64 years old. Oh, man. Yeah. What? Okay, like I have Hold never, on. Let's, let's look up another one. Hold on. I haven't really been affected by celebrities dying of old age too much. Like it doesn't hit me too hard Eddie right now. Eddie White. Betty White is 99 years old. <laughs> Come on, Betty. Dude, Betty White is going to hit 100 in Jan- on January 17th, 2022. Oh, she's got another That's year to go. Th- Fuck. Wait, hold on. Come on, Betty. We, the world should be pulling. We wait, should wait. send every scientific okay. advance that we have. We should pump her okay. full of HDH at this point. Betty like, White has just been be alive. taking fucking human growth hormones. Betty White has been alive longer than the Queen of England. Jesus Christ. We need to, <laughs> we need to, oh my God, that's nuts. What? Good for her. 
<laughs> God. Yeah. Oh, good for her. And Betty White's in the proposal too with Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock. Great movie. Go watch it. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, do we want little... to talk about the Hitman's Bodyguard or are we just going to talk about Samuel Jackson and Ryan Reynolds? I, I like when it goes this way a little bit too, but the, the movie okay. was good as well. I think uh, not too much. To, I was interested in the actress's role because I haven't seen her in many movies at all. Oh, the Interpol and, cop? Yeah. I think her name was yeah. Amelia. Yeah. And that's an interesting point. I, I want to see if she's been in any other movies, but I know. Oh. Oh, okay. I've done this multiple times. I get Selma Hayek mixed up with uh, Penelope Cruz all the fucking time now. Penelope Cruz is a fucking rocket. Yeah. yeah and so, so is Selma Hayek. Selma. So is Selma Hayek. Yeah. Yeah. Josh, you missed out there because Selma Hayek. Uh oh. Okay. Don't, dude, don't get me wrong. Selma Hayek or Penelope Cruz? Cruz? Penelope Cruz. Selma Hayek. Oh, is it? I thought it was Penelope Cruz. I am like, <laughs> my jaw drops so far when she's in a movie, dude. I can't, I can't, I can't contain myself. Um, but the other girl. Oh, yeah. That's uh, so similar. I don't know how to say her name. Elodie Young. Okay. That's what the fuck? What is her background? She's a French actress. Okay. She's got, she's better. She probably has a, a very unique background. Wait, real quick. Who do you think is older? Selma Hayek or Penelope Cruz? Penelope Cruz. Penelope Cruz. Penelope Cruz is eight years younger than Selma Hayek. What? <laughs> How old is Selma Hayek? 54. What? Penelope Cruz is 46. Man. <laughs> they can sure make them look young these days. Holy yeah, moly. There you go, Wait, there you am go. I going to get that kind of help when I'm 54? Wait. Wait, Rav. Yeah. Can you just tell me how old uh, Mila Kunis is? Like, I feel like she's in her like thirties, like thirty. Oh, Mila I Kunis is in her forties for I sure. I think she's late thirties. Oh, thirty-seven. Yeah. Oh, okay. it's, it's it's because her days on that seventy show. I think she was sixteen or eighteen, wasn't she, when she first started? Yeah. She was fucking young, dude. She lied about her age on that show. Was she on? Uh, was she on Boy Meets World or not? Josh, 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 you like High School Musical, right? Oh God. How old's Vanessa Hudgens? Oh god. <laughs> she's gotta be like thirty-nine. No, she's not that old. Thirty-two. Oh, but still funny. older than you'd think. Dude, that's sick. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I like that. Okay, so I I'm gonna sell you guys on this right now. The actress from the Hitman's Bodyguard, her name's Elodie Young. She played a role in Call of Duty World War Two. Fuck there yeah. Go. There you go, girl. Sold in my books. Talk to your, you, you're up there. Do you know? Do you know who she played? Was it like the French Resistance girl? Oh man, good, good <laughs> on you for remembering that. I'm going to try and figure it out here. If you if you tell me the name, I'll know it. From the uh, what zombie act? Zombies actress? The fuck? Oh, okay, maybe not. Then wait, wait, Olivia. Olivia, do you remember Olivia? Yeah, no her. Yeah, that's her. That's She's Olivia. Sad. Oh, how the the puzzle comes together, hey? Josh, you should you should really go watch that movie. That was a really good movie. I think I'm gonna watch it tonight. To so the yeah. other the other comparison I'll make is this movie versus Safe House. Which one's better? Oh, Safe House. Okay, Safe House. I've I've Safe House seen is really good. Safe House and unfucking real movie. So this movie, Josh, is like the halfway point between the other guys and Safe House because we talked about the other guys last week. Mm, okay, good, yeah. good point. Like there's like there's like a co- constant battle going on between like. Ryan Reynolds and uh, uh, what's called Samuel Jackson's character because like Ryan Reynolds' character is like super super by the book like super boring approach to kind of like getting the target to where it needs to go and Samuel Jackson is kind of like guns a blazing type stuff and they're all just like trying to like they disagree with each other they try to learn how the other one operates and they're like okay you know what you're always not that bad you're always not that bad that kind of shit and then they eventually get the job done you know okay like it's a typical like camaraderie type of story 
I, like I um, it, but it's good. It's fun I, to watch. I really wish that I could fucking make you guys watch the show Superstore on Netflix for like my pick. Just my like parents watch it. I don't like. I it. am. I am dying. I it is for all the listeners out there. If you could help me out and go watch Superstore, I would love you for this because I need someone to chat about with it. Me and Megan watch it, and it's slowly becoming one of my favorite shows of all time. Wow! Like it's it's a, like, I don't know what it is. It's about these shows. It, it's what happened when I watched Parks and Rec. I went in with the attitude of like, oh, you can't make me laugh the same way The Office does, yeah. or th- shows like that. And it's not that they do; they find new ways to do it. And you're like, holy fuck! I didn't know that was possible. Yeah, but I, it is. Okay. I feel that. Wrath, what's yeah. your pick? I have a dilemma for you guys. Are we rating the movie? Oh, we have oh, to yeah. the movie, yeah. I'm giving it... I'm going to give it a 5-9. Wow. Yeah. I'll give it like a 6-6. Six, 5-9 six. for me. Uh, Josh, what do you want to rate it? Um, a 6-9. Six, 6-9, nine. <laughs> nine, nice. It is. IMDb has given this movie a 6-9. Wow. Wow. There you go. Wow. Go, Josh. Josh. Wow. Dude, I don't even need to watch the movie if I have <laughs> You just know. fish in a barrel, fuck. So, jo- or Raph, what's the next movie? Okay, I'm going to give you guys a dilemma. I'm going to kind of let you guys pick because I have two that I can decide on. Uh, do you guys want to watch a horror comedy or do you guys want to watch a thriller? <sighs> thriller. Horror com- uh, I, I, my instinct would be, I'm interested in what you mean by horror comedy. My instinct would be thriller. But so I'm, I'm, yeah, thriller. Let's do thriller. Okay, we're gonna watch Silence of the Lambs. Fuck, <laughs> dude, that is literally horror, man. Like, dude, would, Silence of the class, Lambs. I would classify that as horror more than I would fucking Saw. Raph, like, really, dude, I'm fucking hyped. Raph, do you just want your bottle of wine now? No, I genuinely, I genuinely want to watch it. It came. So I was telling you guys this before, before we started recording, but I set up a um, what's it called? Like on Netflix, I made a new tab for like basically all the movies they're watching on the podcast, like movies I want to add to a list. I want to bring up for you guys once in a while movies that we've watched. And I've just kind of been looking at the recommended ones that have coming up, coming up for us. Silence of the Lambs came up. Oh yeah. I don't I think, think I've seen it before and it's going to ruin my night, but that's okay. I've never I'll seen it, it before, it but I've also heard it's very, very good. Yes. That's the only thing that we'll have to get over is that it looks older. Cause it's from 1991. That's all right. All right. Here we so go. Watch that. Fuck it. And then next, next week I'll do the horror comedy. Wait, let me get this straight. This is the Hannibal movie, right? Yeah. Uh, a young FBI cadet must receive help of an incarcerated manipulative cannibal killer to help catch another serial killer. If yeah. I become a fucking cannibal because of this movie, this is on you, Raph. Blood is on your hands. Blood and brains on Raph. Yeah, Anthony Hopkins plays Hannibal Lecter. Mm, yeah, I'm a, <laughs> this is going to terrorize my day. I think, how's this for a plan? If you it's don't two watch hours the, long, good luck. If you don't watch the movie... <laughs> I yeah. think you should have to live stream yourself watching the next movie on Twitch. Like while you're <laughs> sure. doing it, that would be hilarious. It's and like you're, you're your committed band. to a fucking three hour live stream of people just watching you watch a movie. That would be so yeah. funny. It'd but we'll only time. do it on Twitch just to, and it'll pump our listeners up. There you go. Fuck it. Watch there the movie with Josh. Cause it'll always <laughs> watch, be watch Josh, Josh forgetting to watch it. Watch Josh scream like a little bitch though. The entire course of the movie. <laughs> that would be funny if we watch horror movies live stream. Good idea. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. That's a two-hour episode for you, pretty much. So you're welcome. I mean, we know you have so much free time these days. Um, yeah, just do what I always tell you to do. You know what? Let's do like a little. Who does that? That uh, stereotypical like adopt an animal commercial where it's like sad puppies everywhere. Oh, or uh, 
Oh, Sarah, fuck. Sarah McLaughlin. Is that who does it? Yeah. Yeah. So let's do a little Sarah McLaughlin here. And let's just say, like, guys, we're really trying. Like, we've been doing this for a couple of years now. We're like putting a lot of time in. It's just, really stressful. We just want to be adopted by a loving family. Yeah. Just like if you can, like, if just out of the decency of your heart, it only costs, like, I don't know, like five minutes of your time each week, once a week to just tell one friend about Stick and Rink. I, maybe maybe I'll write a little paragraph, that, a little pitch that you can give. And it'll be three young bucks, two days a week in your kitchen, in your ear, sit, like literally just comforting you. Just help us out, man. That's all. Every I every new person who follows Stick and Rank within the next week, Elijah will personally write you a handwritten letter as to how Fuck thankful yeah. he is. Fuck yeah! Send me if you send me a Spotify, video. Apple Music, What's wherever you way? get your podcasts. Yeah, Elijah will write you a letter. Send me a screenshot or a, like a screen record or a personal video. That'll actually be better. But do either of you being a new follower on the show or getting a new follower on the show. And I will write a handwritten note to you. Guaranteed. There you go. Shout out to you guys. I'm going to hate you. He will doing also that, pay for the postal it. service. <laughs> he is going to go buy uh, stamps for the first how much time. Does in his a, life. How much does a stamp cost these days? <laughs> like, I just email like everything. Fuck. <laughs> I got worked in this deal, dude. <laughs> Y'all don't even know how much I already put in this thing. (laughs) All right. right, Episode 18 in the books. We'll see you guys on Thursday. Happy COVID. Fuck. Oh, harder, baby.